It is time to tune up the band and wave your star-spangled banner, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Reardon and Dan, as we continue our journey for the wacky world of professional wrestling. Hello, chaps. It's been one heck of a week, but before we get on, may I just say a happy belated birthday to Reardon. I'm dying, let's go! <laughs> <laughs> Last week it was me, this week it's Reardon. <laughs> <laughs> my beautiful boys i have been going non-stop basically this entire week for thanks to work and thanks to birthday celebrations but i would like to thank you so much for giving me a happy belated birthday it wow. is a privilege <laughs> to be on this podcast this counts as my birthday one baby yes yes we've all had birthday ones now there we go yeah yeah how about that oh so i would say how are we chaps but i think it's safe to say that we've all been really busy this week (laughs) oh my god yes i guess you two have definitely been really busy and i i guess i've kind of been busy in my own (laughs) way (laughs) oh it's been a fun-filled week that's that's for dodge (laughs) you dropped an absolute banger of a video oh, one of, video. honest to god honest to god if not for the fact that i like that's my recommendation corner early honestly <laughs> so good so good <laughs> we'll get to that we'll get to that, we'll yeah, let people we'll get know. To that. but before we get on as ever we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at soundcloud spotify google podcasts apple podcasts and always be pending other platforms you know, my if you want to really celebrate my birthday, listener, always be pending. That's what I want you to do. That's your gift to me. Always be pending. <laughs> also, just give a massive shout out to our Patreon. We have a brand new tier, a one pound tier known as the Heartbreak Squid. Or Quid, I should say, not Squid. <laughs> that is amazing. And special shout outs to brand new patron for the one pound tier brendan it's my boy it's my thank guy you so thank you thank you so much <laughs> but no if you want early access to all of the episodes video content that we do as well some as some exclusive things and perks that we are we are right in the midst of about to be sorting out and actually getting may coming to fruition head mm-hmm. on over to patreon.com forward slash sweet chinwag have a look at the tiers if you feel so inclined to throw some money our way and uh keep this little thing going be sure to throw some money our way we we are forever appreciative of all the all of the contributions we and really, all the love really and support are. yeah no we seriously are real like i can't even snark about it we're seriously so appreciated <laughs> seriously so appreciative so appreciative uh, we'll be on our knees uh like saying we're not worthy anyway <laughs> Before we get on, speak to... for yourself. That, 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 that's very true. That's for true. <laughs> Before we get on to this week's episode, all about the WWE United States Championship, it's been one heck of a week again, and I guess we better throw it over to Dan for this week's kind of. It's going to be very long wrestling news. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's so bad that when you when you said it's been. You know immediately yeah. what came oh, into yeah. my head. Yeah, yeah, that's same. Same. I didn't want to say nothing. I was there. And I, I was literally yes, there. And I was then. like, I, I was literally there. And I was like, I hate my brain right now. Same. Of all same. things, yeah. this is what my brain does. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, God. 
Uh, let's talk about this week because it has been one hell of a week. I guess we'll start off. Should we start off in WWE, chaps? Sure, why not? It's a good place to start. Well, I say good. I mean, it's, it's a place to start. <laughs> it is a place to start. Um, so let's start. I mean, let's start off with the real big one. Uh, we have the build for Cena versus Reigns at SummerSlam. Um, looking like obviously it's that it's basically the match they're putting all the investment in. Yeah, the build up to this one. I don't know about you, chaps. The build up to this one has been weird, for lack of a better term. Mm. It really has been something. I feel the weirdness has f- finally culminated. On this week's SmackDown. Well, because the thing is, is that people had people obviously had very mixed feelings towards this. Mm. And like one of my reactions that I saw that other people had was that like obviously it's weird because you know this is the this is the time where they haven't had people doing the whole like um you know there hasn't been any inane amount of rematches there's been no six-man tags it's just been them letting each other do promos and stuff you know just to build to it yeah but also um like someone else said it kind of has a feeling (laughs) it's a it's a weird thing to try and describe but it's just kind of like two guys just kind of trying to talk at and insult each other yeah like see- like it but like it because it, it, it's like i saw a lot of people got really really excited over the um i think it was like the the line about doing missionary every every day for 20 years or something like that <laughs> i was like i mean yeah <laughs> He's got a point, you know. He's right, I, you know. I, I was just like, yeah, it's 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 a line. It's, it's pretty good, but I don't think it's like you don't need any, to anything crazy. Line. I feel like because because he said it again, I felt like it's like, oh gosh, they're not milking. They're not really gonna milk this line, are they? I don't. Well, I don't want them to because it was such like it felt like such a. <laughs> That when he uh, when Roman said it first, it felt like such a spur of the moment thing. That yeah. I mean, that's what made it really cool is that it just like Roman just says it for the heck of it, and it was really cool. But he said it again, which was like, oh, okay, it, 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 it was it was okay. Don't just don't don't whatever you do, just don't don't milk it. But it, <laughs> <laughs> WWE doesn't know that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's gonna be milk. That's gonna be that's gonna get milk. Um, but Cena's um the Cena's words I oh, just Cena's promo and uh, kind of like what he was saying for lack of a better term just didn't make sense because <laughs> mm-hmm. it almost felt like wait what are you trying to say that Roman Reigns is the biggest failure it's like he's been the most captivating thing on WWE programming the, for the past year well, yeah, because yeah, I think the thing is, he's like, oh, you know, you're like the, the the company star child. Like, the company put everything behind you and you still couldn't get the fans yeah. to like you. Which, to be fair, honestly, in that's surprisingly self-aware for WWE. That's... Yeah. <laughs> but, but also, like, you can't deny that also, like, 
if it, if we're talking about what he means to the company, Roman Reigns was still going to be important anyway, even if it was WWE just trying to make him important. Yeah. Yeah. Even beyond whether or not people liked him or not. Mm. I felt the lines of like as well of um saying that he ruined Seth Rollins and drove Dean Ambrose out of the company was a bit weird considering that Seth kind of self-sabotaged himself in 2019 and, and Dean Ambrose really had nothing to do with Roman Reigns doing his t- he just yeah. grew to hate the company that just wasn't treating him fairly exactly. yeah, he, he grew to hate WWE in a way that I think is actually impressive it's like that's fucking like a bonsai tree of <laughs> hatred exactly as I just said it just felt it felt very confusing it felt like John yeah. was talking to the previous incarnation of Roman Reigns in the present day. I think that's a I think that's a pretty good way of putting it. Cause also like they 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 felt the need to stick in all those lines like, oh, you went Hollywood. I'm like, I can't lie though, like really by this point Roman kind of already should have. I mean he was in Fast and Furious. Oh sorry, it was Hobbs and Shaw, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you starting to see the 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 uh the, the silliness in this one, guys? And like you can be there and say, "Oh, you went Hollywood and like you did the thing that like the rock said that he wasn't going to or whatever and you know stuff like that." But also you have to accept the fact of like WWE wanted John Cena back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like there's a reason that they bring them back because <laughs> they got no one else <laughs> oh it's sad but true but no i i digress it's just this setup's weird this setup is is peculiar not weird, it's peculiar so because i don't yeah. know what to feel going into SummerSlam about this one do you no i don't no. you know I think not really, and I think maybe like speaking, maybe it's because like this is a big boss match going on, as so many things are just collapsing around WWE. Yeah, well, yeah, because that was that was one thing, which is that there's this huge match happening while like everything on an organizational level to the company collapses. Would you say it's the most tumultuous time in WWE? Um, um, I don't. I don't think I'd say that. I don't think we've quite reached new generation yet. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I'd say like it's not new generation. It's not even. Um, it's not even post Stephen Richards time. Stephen Richards. Stephen Richards. It's not that time, but. It's like I think it's difficult to tell because it's like this is like a role. This is going for um, classic, um, going for weird um, metaphors that we often do at the Sweet Chinwag podcast. All right, yeah. This this is good. This is going to be a choice one. <laughs> this is this is like the Roman Empire's third cent- third century crisis. <laughs> I, I I I like that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Where it was just like a rolling, what seemed to be in a rolling civil war for decades. <laughs> so this is what it feels like. Just 
a constant one problem after the other. It, it just kind of, it like, because one thing that we're having to contend with this, right, is that obviously this is coming after like a whole slate of releases and the, like a whole lot of goodwill being lost with the company. Mm. Uh, and then to just jump into doing uh, Roman versus Cena at SummerSlam and whatever, because like, you really just kind of wonder, like, where does it go from here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like I said, like we said, it, it it certainly isn't new generation bad. I definitely don't think we're there yet, but I feel like we're in like a rerun of like 2010. <laughs> yeah, and that's no good. Yeah, that, that that's no bueno. No, it's not. It it'll be. It'll be a very interesting thing to see what happens from SummerSlam onwards. Now, I'm not saying, like, going by any means, go, oh, this means WWE are going out of business, because, no. come on, that's, 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 that is far from the flipping. That is far from happening. That ain't going to happen anytime soon. It'll be interesting to just see what in the world is going to happen. What the in the world will WWE look like by the end of the year? Well, that's oh, because, like, when I, when I was talking to you guys before, um, and we're saying about the people who are, doing, who are working on WWE 2K22 had, mm. like, a final deadline to submit a roster. But, like, by that, by the point that, from the way that people made it sound, I might be wrong with this, made it sound like that they sub, they already submitted that roster. Yeah. Yeah. So then, then there might be people in the game that will be released by the time the game releases in stores. I won't reference the savage joke I made. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was a bit too savage. <laughs> so I will leave that to the discourse of myself and you two. <laughs> but it'll be... Oh, gosh, man. It'll be interesting to to see what that roster will look like. Mm. No, genuinely, it, it really is. Uh, it'll just... I don't know, man. It's just... It's its a time that is very, very different to anything we've ever seen WWE or F look like. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. Anyway, um... Yeah, let's let's go. Let's start off with the with the with the week the week in review. I guess starting with yeah. Raw. I mean, I don't really have many notes for Raw. <laughs> Same. Of course you don't. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I really don't have a lot for Raw. Is NXT? You got NXT or you got SmackDown? Which one you want? <laughs> well, let's go with NXT. Sure. Why so with NXT, let's talk about the greatest storyline happening in wrestling right now. No, it's not Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. It's Index. <laughs> <laughs> the most consistent. That's for damn sure. Hey, it has continuity. <laughs> it really does. Hey, who knew that a blossoming uh, relationship between uh, between one wrestler and a serial killer would be the most compelling thing on NXT television? What can I say? <laughs> it's amazing how Dexter Loomis can win so many people over without talking. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, I will say though as well. I do. I'm really loving the storyline between Cameron Grimes and LA Knight as well. It's great. I love it. I love the stipulation at Takeover that if uh, I believe if uh, if Grimes loses, 
that Ted DiBiase takes his place as LA Knight's servant. It's something like that. Something like that. I just like the fact that there's a stipulation where Ted DiBiase effectively becomes Virgil. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What, I don't, what does that even look like? <laughs> That's the bizarro world. That is the bizarro world yeah. we live in in WWE right now. <laughs> but no, I, I absolutely love this. Uh, I love this storyline. It's just so great and so ridiculous and it, it knows how overblown it is yeah it is full of tropes it is full of like just the most archetypal stuff that you could put in but i kind of don't hate it for that it knows what it is exactly <laughs> and it's 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 one it's one so many people over so there you go at least we've got something entertaining to watch on nxt eh yeah, but speaking Definitely. of, as we come up to takeover, we will we will have Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, uh, along with the long-awaited Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross match. Honestly, too. I just liked the thing of Joe just being there, like basically just being like, "I'm gonna fuck this dude up." <laughs> <laughs> That's just Joe. Yeah, honestly, Joe in WWE, and especially in NXT right now. Oh my god! I just—I almost made a terrible pun there. I just—I <laughs> almost—I accidentally made a terrible pun because I was about to say like I was about to say like Joe in NXT right now is basically him in a Mad Max wasteland surviving. Then I and then my brain went in Morton Joe and I hated myself. <laughs> well, as everyone knows, if anyone's downloaded that two K DLC, the, the, the Wasteland Wanderers <laughs> DLC for WWE two K twenty. There is an out. There is a Samoa Joe Mad Max outfit, Reed. <laughs> there is. Oh my god! I'm literally I, not even joking. But they even I can't have, believe they I have... got that right. I did not know that. <laughs> they How have... did I get that right? How did I call that? They have figures though. The best part is they have Seth Rollins as Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star. So there you go. That is true. A weird one. It is. That don't fit at all. Like, if anything, like Bobby Lashley should be Kenshiro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Keith Lee, but mostly Bobby Lashley. Absolutely, absolutely. Two really good matches coming up in this takeover for sure. Like, I'm invested in. I've always been invested in O'Reilly and Cole because I've loved their rivalry ever since. Yeah, I was gonna say I've been fo- I've been following it for a deep what six years at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Joe is just Joe, and I think everything we look. The, the, look, the one co- true constant is everybody loves Samoa Joe. Yes, it's just when he's there and he's like, I just want to fuck this dude up i'm like yes let's go <laughs> let us freaking go and i think those two will absolutely put on uh, on a clinic at least kick they, live lumps out of each other for sure i was gonna say they're just gonna beat the hell out of each other in the words of bob ross you gotta beat the devil out of it <laughs> there we go but no uh it, again it's weird how this is happening. So we're getting SummerSlam on the Saturday and TakeOver on the Sunday, which is really yeah. weird. So that it'll is be weird. It is, it, it is weird, but to be fair, though, I I vibe with them doing Saturday mainline pay-per-views. Same. Same. Because <laughs> uh, it's just so much more convenient. And it's, like it's, it's more convenient for non-Americans. Yes. 
listen here, it's, it's, it's Americans, <laughs> it's so much easier having a pay-per-view on a Saturday. Because you can recover it, at the least. Or you can be there and watch it and not have to worry the next day. <laughs> oh, the amount of school nights I stayed up. Um... Um, trust me, I've many. been there. I've been many. there. <laughs> uh, but quickly, just to dart back over to SmackDown before we uh, go ahead any further. Uh, we should say... Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, your new Intercontinental Champion. Love to see it. Yep. Lovely, lovely. Uh, I'm hoping it gets some genuinely good booking this time. <laughs> and not just for Rick Boogs. It, it really could use it, and um, I'm glad that Shinsuke is getting the appropriate treatment on SmackDown. Absolutely. Absolutely. Treat that title like you did with the IWGP IC title. You should have a good. You should have a good run with that title and good programs and rivalries. But we'll see if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> He's on SmackDown though, so I have quiet confidence. <laughs> I can at least trust that it won't be like awful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it won't be Apollo. It won't be Apollo Crews only facing one other person for like two months straight. Oh boy! <laughs> oh me! Oh my! That is a thing, isn't it? Um, <laughs> talking of bizarro world things, can we talk about Baron Corbin? Sad Baron Corbin. Yes. Dude, yes. He, just, he just needs a small loan of a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> oh god! This is it. such a weird. It's like it's like WWE heard my hatred of Baron Corbin and decided to make it a character. It's weird <laughs> as hell. Because it's like he's not he's not bad at it. Although I will say, like one thing about it is it has brought out some weird takes from people. Yeah, but to be mm -hmm. fair, I feel like that's just WWE at this point. <laughs> um, but like I get it. But it also, I mean, again, it does it it does have some weird inconsistencies, where they're like, it's it's no, it's about him being a guy who used to be rich, but now isn't as rich, but now thinks he's like horrifically poor, and then also it's like, hey, he couldn't afford the money for a fine or a new shirt, and I'm like, all right, so which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> My question is, if he's so poor, how come he's still managing to get to events? He said he walks. Oh, cover. Hitchhike, walk. I, I, I could see it. I, oh, I would love to see, like, the lonely man, Baron Corbin. <laughs> I so walk saying, a lonely is, is, road, the only one it... that I've ever known. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, but, it, but because he can't afford it, it's just played on recorders. <laughs> just re shitty recorder, I walk alone. <laughs> <laughs> but no I, I was just there and i'm like please just like which one is it so i know whether or not i should be laughing at this or feeling sad yeah because kevin i stunning him or week in week out is just like it's funny it's fun i mean i much preferred it when they recreated the hans molman man getting hit by football spot as well so <laughs> I mean, look, right, when it comes to spots, that's basically, like, that's a guaranteed five-star, so... Yes. <laughs> you know, you can't use it every week, otherwise you would, like, water down the power of it. Yes, talking of ridiculous backstage segments, and talking off Baron Corbin as well, can someone explain to me the backstage segment involving Corbin and Big E? 
What, you mean the merch table they had backstage? <laughs> yes! Please. See, personally, the way I the way I am choosing to headcanon it is that um, was that um, they just had a bunch of stuff set out in the back they were going to take somewhere else to sell as merch, and then Big E arrived and was like, just going to decide to chill with the merch guys. <laughs> yes, and playing hangman with Bianca Belair. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, Reardon, I'm not making this up. <laughs> You're not. See, but the this thing up. is, though, is that when you preface that by saying Big E, I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I believe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly why. I'm like, Big E did that. No, that 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 tracks. That tracks. But Baron, it's Big E. But Baron, oh no! Oh. Speaking of Bianca Belair, though, um, <laughs> shout out the. <laughs> Shout out that um, handspring over the table at the contract signing. Love that shit. <laughs> yes, yes. Just being like, you know what? No, screw this. I'm going to just, I'm just going to flip over the table and beat you up. It did also spawn a lot of horny tweets, but to be fair, that's also to be expected. It's Bianca Belair. Come on now. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it, this this segment backstage segment ended with Baron Corbin running off with Big E's money in the bank briefcase. All right, odds on next edition of SmackDown. It. It's like um, uh, it's like a prop. Thing is, Pat McAfee did say, "Can he cash the contract in now?" To which Michael Cole said, "Of course he can't." I say, uh, Michael, you do realize that John Cena did the exact same thing a few weeks back, and now he's in the main event of SummerSlam. Well, I was going to say though, because I don't know that. Well, no, because they did that theme before where they were like, they tried to argue that someone didn't actually cash it in because their, like, valet did it. Mm. They, they were, they were, I think it was with The Miz. Where it was like, yeah, no, it was, no, it was The Miz because John Morrison did it. Mm. And then they tried to be like, oh, it didn't count because John Morrison handed the briefcase over, not The Miz. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I mean, again, this is implying that WWE has continuity in rules, which it doesn't. (laughs) That much we can say for true. Yes. Yes. However much continuity they want to pretend that they have. (laughs) All right, should we move on? Yes, please. Yes, please. Let's move on. Let's go over to uh, New Japan's resurgence event uh, between uh, New Japan and New Japan Strong, the US division. Unfortunately, Brody King wasn't able to appear at the event, which is a real shame because he's such yes. a such a good wrestler. Such a good wrestler. Uh, but let's start off with the big news. The Ace has captured the title he's never yet held. Tanahashi is your new IWGP US title holder. Uh, after the match... Uh, Lance Archer getting on the mic to say that he wants to see Tanahashi's ass in AEW for a rematch. I want to see Tanahashi's buttocks in AEW as well. <laughs> I am here for this. <laughs> Same. I mean, oh man. I mean, for, I mean, uh, for uh, to, to have the ace of New Japan, technically the John Cena of New Japan, to be in a, yeah. in a mainstream American company is, I think, a sight a lot of people. A lot of hardcore fans have wanted to see. So come on. Oh, you know yeah. you want to see it. Give us it. Of course it, Tony. we all want to see it. Um Tom Hero Ishii coming out in the absolute hoss fest <laughs> yes. that, that match was. 
love to see it um and it's nice to see god finally doing something <laughs> and I, it's not I, just tamatonga on instagram live being like oh good brothers you keep doing the too sweet and saying bullet club when i get the chance to do something um me and tango Glower, we're gonna do something and he's just been saying that for like a year now <laughs> And yes, I know that the pandemic has happened, but also, like, he just kept saying it. <laughs> In fact, he'd been doing it before it. the pandemic yes. <laughs> and still didn't do anything. No, I, I'm right there with you, Dad. It's nice to see the as, as, I said, as I said to Sam before we started, it's literally that meme. It's just that guy just goes, you gonna make me act up. And I'm like, <sighs> then do. <laughs> Please. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, um... Oh, yeah, as I, as I said, as I said to Sam, though, like to be honest, though, God versus the Good Brothers at this point in time, I don't know. I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. Unfortunately, it would probably be on track to be almost. It would be in with a shout of being the most boring match on the card, and that's a shame. It is. And it that really is. A big is. Shame because I've seen God live. They're great live. <laughs> They it's really all, are. It's always nice to see Tungaloa swearing his head off as well. <laughs> uh, but moving over to AEW, um, I want to give a quick shout out to, oh, I mean, just AEW, the AEW team, uh, uh, match producers, but also everyone that's in the ring with him for that um, six-man tag match. Dante Martin, absolute star-making performance. Oh, what a, what a, what a match. Oh, what a... What a performance from Dante Martin! Like, dude, I know, I know people like you know. It's, oh, we've we've seen all the flippy shit before, but you know what? That guy's smooth like butter in that ring, and it was nice. It was really cool to see, uh, especially seeing Matt Seidel popping huge for some of the moves Dante was doing. Oh, it was great. Uh, I think I heard at one point uh, during that match, Brandon Cutler go, "Wow." <laughs> you did he sound like crash bandicoot yes yes brandon color absolutely does amazing <laughs> oh man some star making performances in this week uh this week's aew for sure no no absolutely i mean the other one going on i mean fir first off we'll say um on dark was lee moriarty oh. uh, and absolutely I mean, he's a fan, he's just a fantastic wrestler. He really, really is. Like, I mean, as I said, as you, if you heard of the of the twenty twenty Waggies, he was my breakout star of last year. And boy, has he gone from strength to strength this year. But to see him in AEW Dark and put on an again, he just does not miss. He does not miss at all. No miss. On incredible form, I like. I I want to see more Tiger style in every facet of professional wrestling. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just again, on top of that, not only being a great wrestler, but he's just so cool. He oozes charisma. <laughs> just love to I... see it. You love to see it. No, it was absolutely, absolutely crazy to see. Um, and then, obviously, like we said as well, um, 
Wheeler Yuta as well making an appearance both on Dynamite and Dark. Yeah. Um, I mean, your current IWTV champion. What um, a week. Also, though, mm. an amazing performance as well for the, the person he had in that most recent IWTV title match, which was amazing. Yes. Um, Daniel Garcia. Yeah. And, like, seeing AEW put time into these guys is just so cool. Yeah. Like, like Reardon, if there's one little recommendation I make for you, try and go out of your way to tr- uh, track down Wheelie Utah versus Daniel Garcia for the IWTV title. It was a great match. Great Sounds match. good. Sounds good to me. But it's, it's crazy to sit, think how how much of a week these three have had. <laughs> like Moriarty, Utah, and Garcia have had. Um, and to top it off with just being on AEW as well is, is, is crazy. And, like, the thing is as well, right, is that out of them, the oldest one is 25. Yeah. It blows my mind, Garcia. Daniel Garcia, I was saying, right, uh, we're going from 205 Live Local Talent to now one of the biggest prospects, and he's only 22. Because he's 22, Wheelie Utah's 24, and I think Lee Moriarty's 25. I'm so old, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so freaking old. I'm the same age as Wheelie Yuta. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's just amazing to see these guys going on high gear, seeing a company like um, AEW get behind them uh, and, and just feature them how they are and you know just let them have the time in their matches that they need. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and like I said, it's been star-making showings all around for AEW recently. The investment that they have in their future is huge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of their future, boy, did I enjoy Rampage. Yeah, no, Rampage was a whole load of fun. Man, one-hour wrestling shows. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think they need to increase the time. Having a one-hour nah. wrestling show... I mean, despite the fact that it was it's such an old concept, breathed new life into modern day pro wrestling. It's the thing I said, right, is that they they can keep dynamite right to like two hours. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that, I think that's pretty comfortable for dynamite. Yeah, you know, it's it's their main show, it's their big attraction. Mm. Like having rampage as like a one hour show, I think does no harm to it at all. And exactly. then obviously you've got. Obviously, you've got Dark, Dark Elevation, and BTE as, as supplemental stuff. Yes. I think that covers basically everything you need, because, I mean, God, Dark's like four hours at this point now. Yeah, at this point. Dark Elevation's like two. Uh, I think they I think they have finally, uh, as a company, have struck the balance of shows they need. Yeah. And I don't think they need to add more. I think the... Uh, the way they've structured it by having only a select amount of pay-per-views but having Dynamite specials interspersed between mm. them is perfect. Like, so perfect for them. The the B-shows that they have and now with Rampage, it's just you've got it. That is the formula to go with and I'd say you stick with that and I think you'll be, you'll be, you'll be right on the road to success. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I'd say the one negative I will have about it is I think they need to 
Uh, they, they need to sort out the broadcast team a little bit more, I'd say. Now, it's not to say that all four of them were bad, but I just feel like four four commentators is a bit is like too many cooks in the kitchen. If you ask yeah, me. I, I want to say that it it was very it felt very much like a you know they're going to have a four person team, mm. but then like they're you know each week they're only going to have like two out of those four on. Yeah. I'd say because again, having having four people is just too much. Mm, I think Mark Henry's backstage segments were great. So the way I would have it is Taz Excalibur, the two main commentators, yeah. Mark Henry, backstage <clears throat> correspondent, Jericho, guest commentator for certain matches here and there. Because that's the thing I was saying to my I was saying to my friends was like I wouldn't mind it if like you know if Jericho was only commentating on say like inner circle matches. Yes. Or like people who are in the inner circle, I think that would be quite a fun dynamic. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. But no, nah, man, it's great week for AEW, man. I no, it like... really is. And again, I'm, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a perfect solution. Mm. But obviously, they did say before that they were going to aim to use Rampage to feature more women's matches yeah. and advance more women's storylines. So I hope that they do stay true to that absolutely it's a good um, thing to have the main event be a women's match i think as well oh ab- absolutely absolutely is um yeah i mean obviously i'd love to see them featured much more in dynamite but um obviously we'll have to see you know kind of how they hold um rampage in their standings mm-hmm. they're kind of following this um they're, they're following this line of um it, it's not a b show mm. it's like mm-hmm. a supplemental a show yeah I guess it's like a B plus A minus show. <laughs> It'd be perfect for their newest signee, there, wouldn't it? Because he was always called a B plus player. Oh goodness! <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, speaking of like all of this and st- as well, uh, Christian Cage. Well done to Christian Cage for becoming Impact Champion. It, it feels so crazy to say that. <laughs> crazy because i think it's it's 15 years removed i believe it um it I, I mean all i remember from all i remember from the the thing that uh kristen from tiger drive put out was five thousand days yeah <laughs> five thousand two hundred days or something like that it's his last like tna slash impact world title <laughs> crazy <laughs> but no roughly well 14 years <laughs> well deserved and i think the right choice to make yeah it, it's an interesting choice but i mean obviously they're going for someone in impact that has connection to the company i mean i've already said before that really they should have done they really should have just pulled the trigger on like chris bay like yesterday yes yeah, <laughs> like that that really should have been that should have been it yeah. but you know they, they've got they've got people in impact and they've got someone who's got a tie to the company in there um Gets people talking and if, and it, for sure. Yeah, and if it, if it if it leads to a more kind of balanced approach towards impact, then I I, I appreciate it. Um, but then obviously also from um, impact as well, uh, impact uh, rampage. <laughs> um, we had the amazing moment of Fuego del Sol being given his contract, which apparently Fuego did not know was happening. So you what you yeah. see in the ring was a genuine reaction. So oh. I just it 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 just goes to show the importance of having storytelling across all depths. Yeah, 
because like it's like what we said before where it's like you can it's like when we're doing the job as episode it's like you can get invested in people mm. regardless of where they are on the card exactly as long as you give them something to aim towards and like they built this whole thing around like fans saying like oh you should sign fuego mm-hmm. and like now he, you know to them him getting the contract him having honestly a for what it was not a bad match not a bad match at all and uh good, good decision because i don't I, I think they keep the title on miro because he's having such yeah. a, an amazing run at the moment he's as, just vibing as, with it and uh, it's great <laughs> i just love the whole gimmick of being god's favorite wrestler i just <laughs> think it's so so good um but great great work also as well from um aew pivoting um for the rampage show in pittsburgh between Red Velvet and Britt Baker. Yeah. I know a lot of companies might not like to do that, but I, I think it makes sense. It does. You're in someone's hometown. Whatever you do, they're gonna they're gonna love them. Yeah. So yeah, take 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 a page take a page out of ROH's handbook from back in like two thousand seven. Yes. <laughs> um but no, absolutely fantastic. And then we see Jamie Hayter, um which a lot debuting for AEW, which a lot of people thought was Becky Lynch. Which Weirdly, surprised me. even though I do not think they look that much alike at all. Exactly. Um, but no, I, I mean, I love to see it. It's um, Jamie's amazing and is in a, I would say, much better shape and feeling more confident in herself than she was two years ago when she first debuted yeah it's it's i know of course as well she's got an, an extra year of stardom experience under her belt as well exactly exactly one of the best one of the top prospects now i i, I would imagine oh absolutely flying the flag of our country proud guys i know you love to see it just like square brackets rule britannia intensifies <laughs> oh god no or base boosted specifically there we go i need it to be ironic <laughs> um moving over to triple a's triple mania oh yes um trying to keep up as much as i can even though it was basically impossible to watch the show yeah <laughs> um diana Parazzo now holding the reina del reina um titles the mainline women's championship fantastic see Gianna Parazzo is an amazing wrestler yeah um and she's been doing huge stuff for impact great work it looks like that impact um relationship is now pretty much fully re-established yes I mean we're a good what like I want to say five four or five years since the sexy star incident I believe so yeah but um you know that is what it, that is what it is. Mm. Uh, the Lucha Brothers defend their AAA tag titles. Uh, uh, El Hijo del Vikingo going absolutely crazy, like yeah. normal. <laughs> yes. yes. Which, by the way, for anyone listening to this that hasn't seen uh, Vikingo, uh, just just search him up. You'll see stuff that you would not think is ever possible, especially in the gear that he wears to wrestle in. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's nuts. It's ridiculous. It is nuts. <laughs> um oh, oh and then okay oh, yes, yes, hey, then we get to the main event <laughs> what a what a pleasant surprise to see rick flair in a triple a ring it's both confusing and but also i'm there and i'm like i don't even know if i want to see this now 
<laughs> it's just like okay i'll say cool uh, one thing's for certain is that the mexico crowd and the commentators went nuts for when Ric Flair came out the Mexican commentators are amazing though <laughs> I love, there's there's something about them that's, that has an energy about it but yeah on paper you'd think Andrade versus Kenny oh that that'd be a great match wouldn't it I just it, it, I hate to say it it just didn't live up to expectations mm. it just wasn't yeah. it was it was okay but it just, I don't know. It just seemed like weird booking and lack of communication, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was good to see the chopping spot between Andrade and Ric Flair, because, of course, everyone loves a good old <laughs> Ric Flair chopping spot. But the the ending, I felt, was really weird. Yeah. It, that was confusing as all heck. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, uh, uh, so uh, okay. So you're going to make Kenny still champion, but in the weirdest, most convoluted way possible. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought they were going to give it to, to Andrade. I probably still will if, if this was booking was anything to go by. But um, Like, eventually, somehow. <laughs> somehow, in some way, he will. But... <laughs> No, it was it was a bit of a damp squib to end on Triple Mania, if you ask me. Yeah, it's a shame because AAA and CMLL have both kind of been in the doldrums recently. Yeah, they've been struggling recently because I know CMLL recently lost one of their biggest talents. Yes, which, funnily enough, they ended up appearing in Triple at Triple Mania. Yeah. So, I have no idea what the hell's going on there. <laughs> It'll it's 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 it'll be interesting to see what Lucha Libre again. It's again it'll be an interesting thing to see what Lucha Libre will look like at the end of the year because it has, it's a shame to see uh, to see. If it. we do have any listeners that are like consider themselves experts on the current state of Lucha Libre, could you please contact us? Because I'd yeah, really like to absolutely. know. Yeah, I am. I am legitimately like, what does that scene look like right now? <laughs> Um, but just finally, though, I want to take us back over to Japan again, just to say, Maki Ito won the Tokyo Princess Cup. Yes! Let's go! You love to see it. She found the happy ending, and now we're probably going to have um, Maki Ito versus Miyu Yamashita. Oh my god. That's going to be a match, yes. isn't it? <laughs> A lot of people are going to be invested in that, including us free people from England. <laughs> I am going to be for damn sure. <laughs> ah, you love to see it. You love to see it. Really do. She stepped up so much in the last year. Yeah. Oh, so happy for her. So. To be fair, so though, on that, on that, on that card, great performances all around. Oh, for sure. There's great. Um, I mean, her. Her opponent in the final, Shoko Nakajima, has been having an absolute year. Um, there's a great multi-woman tag match as well with um, uh, Camille, yeah. which was great. Again, TJ. He's Camille versus Camille. All I can remember is Camille and Ajakong. Yes, yeah. Because <laughs> I remember the picture of Camille getting beamed with a with a can <laughs> by yeah. by Ajakong, which was yeah. great. It's a great picture. <laughs> it's an amazing picture. TJPW, man. They've been on really they, good form been, this year. They have been killing it this year. 
That's what I said. I've got I've got Mew and TJPW in my top in my top threes right now. So good, so good to see, so good. But uh, with that, though, we are done with the news. Awesome, Reardon, mm-hmm. recommendation corner, sir. What do you have for us? Right, recommendation corner. <laughs> um, I'm going not going. I'm actually going to recommend good old fa i'm going to because you know youtube is so terrible in letting people know what they've subscribed to <laughs> yes i am going to let anyone know who hasn't realized that the new contra points video envy is out it is fascinating oh. good stuff good to see her back nice so i'm gonna call that my recommendation and i also recommend alcohol the cause of <laughs> and solution to all of life's problems <laughs> because i have had a hell of a week for my birthday so that was what really <laughs> of course as well and as was mentioned at the beginning of this uh, i contributed to joseph montecilio's next video uh, his john moxley retrospective in his career of the independence before joining wwe uh it's been overwhelming to say the least the reception the intro video or the preview has been on Twitter. You just that damn good. Oh, That's so good. I'm blushing again. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to everyone seeing the full thing. It's a great watch. Uh, but again, it's been very overwhelming, and I can't thank everyone who has seen it and has given you know a lot of love to it enough for for that. I can't thank you enough, especially to one mad king. Eddie Kingston as well, who uh, who retweeted it. Uh, thank you, Mad King. You, you, you're the man. <laughs> you're the man, Mr. Kingston. You're the man. <laughs> but with that, it is time to move on to our main part of this episode. The WWE United States Championship. Now, as I said last week, I, 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 I specified it being the WWE one because I feel like the NWA slash WCW... United States Championship is its has its own whole legacy um, that can be talked about in future episodes, or I imagine so many people online have talked about oh, it. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about this one because it's such a weird... The WWE incarnation is a weird one where it has a lot of highs and just amount, the same amount of lows as well. <laughs> yeah. It's you a, know... Go on, yeah. sorry. So, no, no, sorry. The, the US title has always been weird as hell for me. Mm. Oh, yeah. Just because, like, you know, it's it's that same kind of thing of what counts under the, um, what counts as intercontinental. Yeah, yes. When we have a world, so it's kind of like one of those ones. So it's always funny seeing, like, people have it. And it's like, and it's always had a very strange kind of, it's always had a very strange place in WWE's hierarchy when it comes to yeah. belt. And yeah. sometimes, like, sometimes it's almost unexistent. Yeah. In other times, it is arguably like Duff's. Sometimes it's it's more important than the Intercontinental yeah. in terms of history. Oh. It's a bizarre belt. And it also, it's one of those ones where it really depends on what kind of roster you have. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean it, it's like it's like what we said before it's this weird thing where it kind of 
they kind of saw what they have with the IC title and were like, damn, we need another one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Especially at the time it was created as well. I I, I felt that. But uh, we'll get to that. So let's take us back to the beginning. Uh, Before the beginning, actually. We'll take it back to 2001. Uh, The invasion is in full swing. And the WCW US Championship is brought on over from the purchase and kind of ballied around from wrestler to wrestler. So to give you kind of like yeah. a like a little bit of how ballied around it was, uh, Booker T wins the US title or the US and World Heavyweight titles on the very last Nitro. And he becomes uh, mm-hmm. a co-champion of those. But uh, uh, after the purchase, and uh, you saw more WCW wrestlers uh, coming into the fold. Uh, Booker T literally just hands the title to Chris Canyon. <laughs> huh. On a Horse. July episode of uh, of uh, of uh, Monday Night Raw. <laughs> and so begins Chris Canyon's reign with the title. It's weird how this uh, how it goes cuz uh it it goes Chris Canyon to Tajiri to nice. then Rhino, Kurt Angle and then Edge. <laughs> Mm. I think in that time, no one had a reign that was longer than, what, like three weeks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. The last person I've said, of course, to hold it would be Edge with about a six-day reign, who would then unify it with the Intercontinental Championship at Survivor Series in a match against Test. The title would be deactivated after the pay-per-view and never seen again until at least 2000. And free. It's weird how they like this. This Survivor Series was the one to kind of like unify and collapse a load of titles. <laughs> yeah, because not only did we have that, you know, winner takes it all at a main event, but we also had a lot of like I feel like last minute scrambled together matches <laughs> to determine who was the champion of which of which title. I think it was from this that they finally dropped the light heavyweight championship and then have it had it as the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. That would roughly track with time, I believe. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, as I said, on, on a July 2003 episode of SmackDown, then general manager Stephanie McMahon reveals the brand new WWE United States Championship as its show's secondary title. Now, of course, this was deep, deep into the brand, like the, the original brand split with Bischoff as Raw General Manager having the Intercontinental title and Stephanie McMahon uh, bringing in a brand new secondary title for them. I say they had the IC yeah. title, but of course, we are almost deep into the reign of Triple H wanting to dissolve every title and him being yeah, the one true Because at this point, we're in 2003. Um, <laughs> so... Triple H is king and only king of his of Yeah. <laughs> so this belt had a brand new design with it, with a lot of Americana and blazoned on it. Uh, and it was revealed as well that a tournament would be uh, held to decide the first holder of the belt, with the finals taking place at Vengeance 2003. Now, quick question. What do you think of the WWE's design of the United States Championship? You know, I actually really like it. It's simple but effective, is what I've always said. Yeah. It always reminded me of a pin badge I figure I'd see someone wearing that they've got in <laughs> yeah. like, the US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Exactly, exactly. Uh, the side plates as well, it's just, it's, it's just nothing but Americana, like the Statue of Liberty, the White oh, House, yeah. just the WWE logo with the stars and stripes. It's just like, yeah, that's just America, fuck yeah. <laughs> On a title belt. America. <laughs> fuck yeah. Also, I felt like the geometry of it, I don't know if it's just me, I always felt the geometry of it was a really early 2000s design. In a way, yes. Like, I never shook the feeling that title was definitely of its time, that's for sure. Like, even in- Oh no, when they, like, when it got to like 20... I wanna say when it got to, you know, when it started getting towards like 2010 or like t towards like 2015, it looked old. <laughs> And even mm. when they replaced the scratch logo with the like the new uh, network yeah. logo, it still felt very much like a, an early two thousand title. <laughs> that is for sure. But um, let us discuss uh, the U.S. Championship tournament. The bracket was as follows: they had uh, four matches to begin. We had Chris Benoit, sorry, Stephen Richards versus Rhino. <laughs> Matt Hardy versus Rikishi. Nice. Billy Gunn versus John Cena. And Eddie Ciao. Guerrero versus the Ultimo Dragon. Now, that last match sounds great. It was not bad. It's not a bad match to go down and, and track. Uh, it definitely feels like a WCW match, that's for sure. It, it's definitely a WCW match. <laughs> The one that really sticks out of that first round, though, is Matt Hardy versus Rikishi. I was going to say Billy Gunn versus John Cena, but well, that, that well, that, that as well, sounds, of course. That Jeff Hardy versus Rikishi sounds like such a I picked a random character match. It's, from a, it's a deep here comes the pain match. Oh yeah, yeah. It, that is that is pure rando selection, isn't it? <laughs> Unbelievable. But the semis would be Benoit versus Hardy. Uh, yeah. Benoit would win via submission. Guerrero versus Billy Gunn. Uh, Guerrero would win via pin or the box splash. So the finals at Vengeance was uh, Benoit versus Guerrero in a quite good match that went 20 minutes at Vengeance. I was going to say, like, that mean, to be fair, that I, I would expect that match to bang. It And it's... And, Dang, it absolutely did. It wasn't. It is a very sleeper hit match for sure. And Guerrero would be the first person to hold the WWE United States Championship. Now, I went back, looked at pictures of Guerrero with the title, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like, it fits Guerrero really well. Like, he has, he, he fit that title pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. Pretty mm -hmm. damn well. Um, going down the list, though, of champions, <laughs> after that... <laughs> <laughs> After that, though, the big Come show. Come on. There we go. There it is. <laughs> the big show with the title that was way too small for him. I swear, right? When it came to the early 2000s, if there was a title and he could hold it, they just gave it to Big Show. Yes. Absolutely. Without question. <laughs> oh, Big Show. Can I get a... Well, in the chat, well, please. Well. <laughs> I'm so glad that Paul White's AEW theme has the well. Yes. And it's sung by the same guy who sung Crank It Up. 
Time is a flat circle. It really Time is. Truly is. <laughs> but no, Big Show will hold that on for quite a while, actually. He would hold it for 147 days, capturing it at No Mercy in October, and would start a feud with the up and coming uh, John Cena. Uh, the old Absolutely. Doctor of Fugonomics. Yeah. And both Word life. And both This were... is basic Fugonomics. It, it, it really, really is. <laughs> both would have a very good opening match at WrestleMania 20 for the title. Uh, the, the US title's very first appearance at a WrestleMania. Um I always thought this match was was a was a very good opener for sure. I mean the crowd were behind a... Cena. Like really it, behind Cena. It's a mm. good match to to have uh, John Cena go over on. Absolutely. Shows his strength, because this was the time where, during this rivalry, Cena would give the uh, the FU to Big Show uh, in a very yeah. impressive display of strength. Oh, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Should not be possible, and yet... Because they were billing Big Show at, like, 500-something pounds. Something nuts. Yes, yes. Uh, John Cena... But if, if you go back and watch this, John Cena's opening rap, it's just like... Oh, yeah, I remember when John Cena used to do opening raps yeah. before his matches. Like, it's always fun going back. Especially when they're at M MSG and he makes a reference to Patrick Ewing and the New York Knicks. I think the word is... That's like Gary Coleman beating Patrick Ewing in a tip-off. Or something <laughs> like that. I mean, like, yeah, that's that. That's a pop culture reference, yes. Fun, fun fact, a couple of years later, Gary Coleman would appear in John Cena's music video for Bad Bad Man, so there you go. <laughs> Wrestling. <laughs> Wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. Cena would hold on to that title for uh, quite a while. Um... 114 days before being stripped of it from general manager Kurt Angle after he attacked... I believe this was right in the midst of cripple Kurt Angle if you remember. Yeah. <laughs> if you remember the storyline of Big Show throwing Kurt Angle off a high... of a high... Um, like a banister or a kind of... Something like, like that. Like a truss or something. Truss, yeah. Um, but yeah, because then they, then they did that and then Kurt Angle became Smackdown GM. Yes. Uh, the title would go on over to Booker T. Uh, he would hold that on for hold that for about sixty eight days. I respectfully, we can't talk about this title room without talking about the match where he won it. <laughs> yes, there is a list of names which I can I read them. <laughs> oh yes, so an eight weight elimination match on a July episode of SmackDown in two thousand and four. Booker T went up against. <laughs> John Cena, Rene Dupree, Kenzo Suzuki, Rob Van Dam, Billy Gunn, Charlie Haas, and Lufa Reigns. <laughs> that is a who's who of SmackDown at that time, isn't it? Jesus Christ. Gosh, remember Kenzo Suzuki. <laughs> you remember Rene Dupree? <laughs> Renard Dupois. Oh, yes, and he's... Oh, Lufa... <laughs> Lufa Reigns, in the words of a title from New Legacy, the better Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is, a, that is a deep selection of people who were SmackDown mid-card or Velocity. <laughs> yes, if I remember yeah. rightly, uh, Kenzo Suzuki's original gimmick when he was supposed to be called up was that of a uh, a, a Japanese emperor from World War Two. Oh, God. <laughs> Please, he's going no. to be called Hirohito as well. Oh, no. 
Oh no. And they even aired a vignette on SmackDown before they kiboshed it because, oh yeah, that's culturally inappropriate. <laughs> it's inappropriate for a lot of reasons. So they went with Kenzo Suzuki instead. But no, Booker T would hold that on for a good chunk of time, about 68 days. The reason I bring Booker T's reign up is because uh, he would end up having a best of five series against John Cena, which would culminate in a very good match at mm. No Mercy, um, which is free on YouTube for you to watch. It's a really good match, actually. Which I actually did. I actually, I actually did watch in preparation for this, for this, um... For this for this um, episode, I actually did watch it. It's a very very good match. Mm. Although it will never cease to be bizarre <laughs> watching John Cena in basic fuckonomics mode, and yes. it's, and it's funny enough, the crowd is actually is quite on like it's relatively split down the middle, edging onto John Cena at yeah. this point. Yeah, I think this was when Booker was about to go into his heel turn as well yeah that, that seems like that seems correct uh but no again like here's the thing i mean we always we love booker on this podcast and it's like we do and it's just like ugh, it, it annoys the heck out of me that he was white hot in 2003 and it was oh, never given the opportunity man but yeah. you no, know, but you no. Know, it took him a while to get back that it took him until 2006 to get back to that yeah. point when he was white hot but it was it's just a shame because you know this guy put on great matches and this is proof that he put on great matches. No, it really is. Um I bring this up again. We talk about John Cena. John Cena, as we as we go on about this, I feel is incredibly synonymous with this title. Yeah. Especially well, yeah. in the era of ruthless aggression. That was for the longest time basically he, it was his title to beat. You had to beat him for that title. Oh, absolutely. I feel like, like for all intents and purposes, the, uh, I felt like the US Championship was created as a secondary title just to give to John Cena to see what he would be in like a way, the title. In, you know, you're not incorrect, to be quite honest. No, you're, like, you're not really that wrong with that. Because, again, they gave him a lot of airtime with it and they gave him a lot of lights to do. And, of course, it gave us the advent of the first spinner belt. Oh, oh yes, oh yes. We're, uh, get, yes, we're getting to that because we get to the storyline uh, yeah. of him and Carlito Caribbean Cool. <laughs> now, as we all know, the very famous, or dare I say infamous, part of the rivalry between Cena and Carlito was Carlito's heavy, or lackey known as Jesus, and yeah. the story of John Cena being stabbed in a nightclub by Jesus. <laughs> That was a thing. <laughs> that was most certainly a thing. Hey, did we tell you that we're talking about wrestling? This isn't CSI, unfortunately. The worst part about it is that if you didn't tell me that, that just sounds like something that happened in real life and they decided to just work it into the storyline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the reasoning why they had to write Cena off was because he was filming the Marine. And so what a better street kind of rap away they could do it by having him be stabbed although wait 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 a minute wait a minute hang on hang on hang on i'm sorry go, you, know, I... you go dan i think you probably have okay. the same thought as me now disregarding the thing of being like hey we need to find a way to write him off okay let's have him get stabbed 
The Marine was a WWE Studios production. <laughs> yes. So, like, I don't think there should have been an issue there. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I just WWE were making the movie. Yes. Exactly. I just, I don't know, I just found it highly inappropriate. The whole just, thing yes. of writing him off yes. was so oh, inappropriate. Absolutely. absolutely. On the other hand, though, I will say, my, my stranger, like, my complaint on this is, like, they thought that getting stabbed, why didn't they just shoot him? Keep in mind, this is the error of G-Unit. Why didn't they shoot him? Why didn't they shoot him and say that he survived? It's John Cena. Like I believe that he he survived. Honestly, like, as a as a way to put as a way to put someone over. Yeah. Getting shot and living is probably up there. Yeah. You, I'm 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 not crazy here. Why didn't they have him just get <laughs> shot? Cena's so powerful he can no sell a gun. Yeah. Like especially at that point. Yeah. Why why didn't they do it? Because I was, was gonna say, I surely you could just be there and be like, oh, he crashed his car, or. Like, there was an, you know, or just say there was an incident at a nightclub and he's on disciplinary. Yeah, they mm. could have done. Or, or again, they said, yeah, he, he had an altercation of Jesus. He, he went straight, he just went straight for, he got stabbed. <laughs> but he, all I'll say is, when he did come back and face Carlito for the title, he was relatively unscathed, that's for darn sure. Yeah. He came back relatively unscathed. <laughs> He'd been on the bio oil. <laughs> <laughs> Ah. Oh man! So of course, yeah. With this rivalry, we saw the advent of the spinner belt, which I don't know about you. It, it's not the greatest looking belt, is it? I I am on record as being the supporter of the spinner belt, and I don't care. It could be I, worse. There's something about that belt being the the faceplate being perfectly circular that annoys me, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> no, that's fair. I can't argue with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think the font for the US one was just weird because it just like it's the US Championship. It just it just looks like a really really tacky hubcap. <laughs> the spinner ribs that you could get in Need for Speed Underground. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Need for Speed when it was good. Um... <laughs> Shout out to Need for Speed Underground. Shout out to that and its boss ass remix of Break On Through to the Other Side. Yes. Shout out to Need for Speed Most Wanted. Yes. <laughs> Need for Speed Most. Less so to Need for Speed Carbon, but I can allow it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, John Cena, I would say for sure, is completely synonymous with that belt. Of course, he would get yeah. that to Orlando Jordan. Um, a while, a while after that, and then of course go on to win the WWE Championship at uh, WrestleMania 21. So, this section, I want to talk about some of our favorite champions and favorite championship matches. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the people through the annals of history, and some of our favorite reigns uh, through this time, uh, because I feel it's been so up and down, as you said at the, at the beginning, Reardon. The U.S. Championship is a weird one, where at times it's like one a really important secondary title with the legacy of the IC title, and then and then the next minute it's pretty much non-existent to the point where yep. people are like, "Wait a minute, there's a U.S. title." 
Yeah. Yes, there is a US title. It's on Raw right now. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my favorite champions, and indeed one of my favorite championship reigns, I'm going to give a sh- shout out to MVP. Dude, I, MVP's reigns were... They went pretty crazy. Like, and to be fair, it fit perfectly for him. Exactly. Like, his 2007-2008 reign, which I think was lasted 300-odd days. Yep. Such a good reign. But to me, like, the thing is, that everything about MVP at that time, I really liked. Same. It, it was, again, it was so of its time, but it worked really well. And it, the, the whole thing with the rivalry with Matt Hardy, I really yeah. liked that rivalry as well. There's, some, yeah. there's, uh, there's honestly some sleeper matches in that rivalry. Yeah, without question. Without question. One of my favourite rivalries. Uh, my favourite match, one of my favourite matches, uh, was, there, was that match at Backlash where he dropped the title to Matt Hardy. It was a Really yeah. good match. Um, <clears throat> fun fact: that type, the US title would then become ECW exclusive after that. Believe it or not. Yeah, because Matt Hardy was on. Well, he moved to ECW. Strange one that is. Strange <clears throat> little uh, factoid, for sure. Um, Dan, Reardon, what, what are some of your favorite champions <clears throat> matches? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna riff on you and say, um, with MVP, um, there's also the. MVP versus uh, Stephen Richards. <laughs> yes. Um, the yes. two out of three falls match. That yeah. Which is again sleeper match. Also their match at WrestleMania 23. That match goes pretty hard as well, and that's not bad for a match. It's like the second match on the card. Yeah, that was a good match. That is a good match. <clears throat> There's a lot of good in there. MVP, very good wrestler. Very for those that wrestler. didn't know. Very good. Oh, yeah. Indeed. Um. Uh, do you want to do you want to go ridden or do you want yeah, me to or do you, want me to, or do you want me to launch into the uh what i've now termed the curtis axel meter <laughs> <laughs> no, no we'll, hold hold that for hold that for okay so um I, i'm looking at a couple of ones that i i do enjoy um book t obvious but i'm not so i'm not going to talk about it <laughs> um you know looking at it 2006 because I've got the I've got it up. The two thousand and six um reigns are honestly very solid, very solid champions. Oh gosh, and, yeah. Like up until um Stephen Richards, because we've got like yeah, this is actually two thousand six might be the best period of the US titles history, honestly. Yeah. Looking at it. Yeah, it was a like, strong year. Yeah, like because all of these reigns I loved. Yeah, I love start mm-hmm. like so. It like so. Look, I'm gonna go from like uh, so. We got JBL. Yeah. Yep. Who honestly at that point was a very much a perfect person to have it. A perfect yep. heel run. Mm. Aside from the. Uh, yes. That wasn't the time when he when he ended up doing the whole casual racism promo, was it? Oh no no no! That was that was the year before. That was the year before. Yeah. Uh, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. was running right. Yeah. Um. Then we had um Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. Which is not bad, not bad at all. But then we get into two really good ones. Finlay. I I, yes. I I love that I love this rivalry purely for that we gave the world the the Bobby La- the Bobby Lashley. Your name is Finlay and you're a bath turd. <laughs> yes. Oh um, man, Lashley's yeah. Lashley's uh, yeah. Lashley's promos back then. And, yeah, and then we get into. 
a man who put it on the list. We got to talk about him. Oh, yeah. Mr. Kennedy. Fight for it. Kennedy. Yeah, Kennedy. <laughs> oh, man, Mr. Kennedy. Oh, me, oh, my. He was what? Really, he was like... <laughs> They really liked him at this point, didn't they? In WWE? They really oh, did. They were pushing it's... the hell out of him. He's always a weird story because, by all accounts, they absolutely loved him. But then also, I read a lot of stories that apparently he used to get under the skin of people backstage all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, he also used to be really stiff. I'd buy that. I'd buy that quite mm. quite a lot. But I don't I don't know that I'd ever have really got that from his matches. Same. Same. Um mm. I thought that was the reasoning apparently why he did get um released from WWE, but uh, Well, because I remember there there was that, then there was the like the, the wellness violation, but to be fair, basically everyone on the roster got one of those at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then yeah, and then I believe the other one was that he got in. He got into an altercation with someone backstage. I can't remember who. Mm. But apparently, then again, that was also the same as well when he went to TNA afterwards. Interesting. Film. It's an odd. It's an it's an it's an odd yeah. story because like they were definitely behind him, and then there was yeah. the whole thing with him losing the money in the bank and whatever. Yeah, yeah. he could have. He like he's one of those definite what could have been. Oh, absolutely, for sure, for sure. Yeah, 2006 was was quite a bumper year for the title. Mm, yeah, quite a bumper year. Um, coming a little bit later on into the into its lineage, uh, oh Cesaro's reign with the title oh, man. was ah oh, that is without question one of my absolute favorite reigns with the title. It's so good though, isn't it? Yeah. So good. Like uh, he came out with the Dean Malenko remix uh, song as well at that time, and it's just yeah. like, oh, this dude, he's he is firing on all cylinders. It's like, why can't you see this WWE that you have a you have a gold mine <laughs> in your hands? I know. Two hundred and forty days with the title. That's impressive. That is really impressive. <laughs> I mean, when you consider as well that the the, the person he beat for that title uh, had quite a lengthy reign with it as well. That's Santino Barella. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> uh, oh man, I want look because I've had I've been I've been uh, doing vid- uh, I did did a video on him, and I want to bring it up. Uh, Dean Ambrose is someone that I did like with the title. What I didn't like is that they literally forgot he had the US title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I believe he only defend in his reign he only defended it ten times, which is kind of crazy when it's like over three hundred like fifty days. Yeah, still has the longest <laughs> reign with that title as well. Still holds the record for the longest reign with that title. Yeah, it's an odd one. It's it's. Nuts. Nuts how that is the case. Um, uh, but Rusev is one of my most recent favourites. Oh, that Rusev time was, was absolutely <clears throat> del- That was the momentum of that. That was like the planets really aligned of having the only time where a proper foreign heel was 
pretty much like, yeah, we want this shit. Yeah. yeah. WrestleMania. One of my favorite US title matches, uh, without question, was Rusev versus Cena at WrestleMania. I it's guess a very good match. A lot of that might have to do with the tank. Because, come on. No, no, no. That tank, no. It was boss, but it was kind of like a. I had real conflicted feelings on that one. Mm. I understand. I understand where you're coming from with those feelings. Like yeah. because it's like one of those ones where it's like storyline-wise, it makes sense for him to lose that title. Yeah, that makes sense. But it was just a matter of the moment he loses that title, they're gonna he's gonna drop off the face of the earth, and it's gonna be horrific to see. Yeah, I. I they're I, not I, gonna know what to do with him afterwards. It sucks, and like we all kind of came into it knowing it. But on the other hand, it's like it's it was a good match. We wanted with a to good deny hunt. it. But we kind of knew in the back of our heads it was going yeah. to be the case, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um. I, again, I I love I love the match, but again, I'm so conflicted on it as well, really, because it's like it's ah, I just don't know. It's because it seemed like that match you could see is the nexus point of the of kind of like things going awry with Rusev. I mean, yeah. Credit yeah, to the guy. He absolutely fought to 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 remain to remain there and yeah. you can never deny the popularity of rusev day not even wwe could deny the popularity of rusev day no. yeah, yeah, no. No, no, and no, no, also no. and also an underrated great theme entrance theme yes yep. i'd say underrated without question uh again it's another thing it's just you just love to see miro doing his thing now and it's just mm -hmm. so nice to see and fun no. thing, lovely to see Miro and John Cena reunite on the red carpet at the Suicide Yeah, Squad it was really premiere. cool to see that. That was That's wholesome. Great. That was wholesome as all heck. See, now they need all they need to do is get Rusev in in another Suicide Squad movie and have him as KG Beast. Oh. Gotta do it. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what they go. gotta do. You know that would be a hype as fuck. It would be. It so, would what are be. some of your favorite matches, guys? Uh, from from what you remember like favorite u.s title matches um well first off i would like to start with uh what was previously the curtis axel meter <laughs> uh when we did our ic tice episode all those many many moons ago and <laughs> for, for those who haven't listened to that episode um the curtis axel meter is basically a bar of reference for title reigns uh where I take one person who I think it's kind of ridiculous they had as long a reign as they did, and look at the people who held the title for less time than them. <laughs> uh, yep. And unfortunately, the target of this one is Orlando Jordan. Yes. So for this um, for this edition, it'll be the Orlando Jordan meter. Yeah. Who, had a who had a title reign of 173 days. Uh, many wrestlers who had shorter reigns than Orlando Jordan include Edge, Tajiri, Ricochet, Kurt Angle, Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, Zack Ryder, <laughs> uh, Mr. Kennedy, Rey Mysterio, JBL, Bobby Roode, Baron Corbin, Chris Jericho, <laughs> How did Samoa Kevin Owens, How did Samoa, Samoa Joe, oh, wow. Roman Reigns, <laughs> um, Andrade, Shinsuke Nakamura, <laughs> oh. 
Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> no, fuck. No way. No way with Eddie. No way. And, I can't and by only three days greater than Orlando Jordan, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. <clears throat> Fun thing I will say about Daniel Bryan's uh, US title run and one of my absolute favourite holders of the title. But this, of course, is when he took his summer holiday after being fired from WWE Yeah, that whole tie and necktie incident. Uh, he was still taking bookings uh, for independent promotions uh, oh, when yeah. he was US, uh, US champion because he had obligations that he needed to fulfil because he had been so kind of like, so quickly re-signed back with the company. So he was US champion when he was taking bookings at Evolve and Dragon Gate, USA. I love it. It's so great. I love it. it's just mwah. I love those little facts and those little tidbits of his, of wrestling history. Um no, but just to say um some some holders of the belt which um I think maybe get lost in the shuffle a bit. But I will say someone I always thought was very synonymous with the belt was Dolph Ziggler. Yes. Yeah, I think for, for for the rivalry themselves, Kofi and Ziggler, I I think of the US title, their rivalry, yeah. I I think else is so synonymous with the US championship. Yeah, I, I again again Kofi Kingston as well, um, absolutely comes to mind. Um, but no, I do I do remember those two obviously having a bunch of really really good matches, even though they were mostly only like ten to fifteen minute max joints. Yeah. Um, they really did put on some crazy matches. Obviously, the Miz. Yep. Uh, the Miz has a very strong history with the title. It does. Um, and then, really, unfortunately, just because of the way everything was around it, but Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, he had a yeah. very long reign when it became an ECW exclusive title. Yeah, and then he returned to SmackDown. Yeah. But there's there's no, again, there's no, like, crazy, like, hidden five stars in there, but there's quite a few good matches in there. I miss gold standard Shelton Benjamin when he uh, was, like, I, peak Shelton I Benjamin. I miss it so much. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> uh, maybe not so much the whole mama's boy thing, but, you know. No, that was bad, but the gold standard was ace. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> So let us talk about the present day, the current situation of the United States Championship. So it's had a lot of ups and downs that we talked about, from seemingly being forgotten as a secondary title to John Cena's open challenge, which breathed a whole new life, not only to the title, but to Cena. And, of course, gave rubs to the to the people he faced. He's had fantastic matches with Sami Zayn, with Neville. And, of course, the one one that I always springs to mind is the Kevin Owens uh, rivalry he had. Yeah. Uh, back when Owens was NXT champion. Oh, I mean, like we said, that's probably one of the greatest debuts WWE's done in recent history. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Like, making it just the open challenge. Because, you know, because the belt, it's about the land of opportunity. Have an opportunity to get this belt. It works. It does work a lot. Yeah, I loved Owens's 
like promo work and heel work, especially when the when John Cena said, uh, "Let me be the one to bestow veteran advice," and Owens was like, "You want you're gonna give me veteran advice? I've been doing this longer than you, so you've got no right to give me veteran <laughs> advice." I was like, "Yes, yes, that's yes. what we need." Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that uh, Kevin Owens was a massive tease in trying to set up the package pile driver, you massive tease, Kevin. Yeah, you massive tease. <laughs> I can dream. <laughs> Just give it back to him. But give I, it back. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like though, I don't know where it's, it's such a weird point again because it's almost again gone back to being an almost forgotten title. <laughs> I mean, it, I say it, it. It had a renaissance when Bobby Lashley held it last <laughs> year. Yeah, Bobby Lashley was white hot with that title. He really was. I mean, he was right in the midst of probably one of the fi- the thing, one of the saving graces of WWE, which was the Hurt Business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, with the redesign as well, revealing a new design. Which I don't know. What are your thoughts about the redesigned US title, guys? I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad, but I don't necessarily think it's an improvement. Hmm. It's mm. yeah. It's not the mo- It's not the ugliest title in existence. No, 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 no. no, no. It's not even the I... ugliest title that WWE have right now. <laughs> it, it's a funny thing. If like the belt is not ugly at all, it's just it's too gold. Yeah, it's just too gold. <laughs> I know what you mean on that one. It is. It is. It's very, very gold. I'm trying like, to remember. Like, like trying ironically, to remember. yeah. Like ironically, looking at it, it's it's. It's better looking as an actual like intercontinental or even world championship than it is a United States one, <laughs> just because it's so gold. Like it's weird. Yeah, the, kind of the, the thing I have about it is that it, it it just feels a little bit, I guess, a little bit ridiculous. <laughs> It feels a little bit. I mean, especially now in in current, but it feels very Homelander. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh it's my the title God, Cody right. Rhodes would hold, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You're you absolutely know. right. Uh, so the, I guess we can talk about where it currently sits at the moment. We are currently in Seamus's. Uh, in a Seamus Seamus's third reign with the title, where he's currently at 121 days. Uh, plus with the title, I, I'm I'm a bit up and down with it because it's like Sheamus, Sheamus with the title, his gimmick currently being kind of like a the whole fight night. Uh, Sheamus is uh, I kind of yeah. quite enjoy, but I feel like the US title again is just I've got to say it's just been forgotten because he just You've has matches that with period again. Yeah, it feels like he's had matches with Umberto Carrillo and Ricochet, and it just feels like there's no stakes. And it yeah. just feels like, oh, wait, oh, we completely forgot that Sheamus has a title, doesn't he? Yeah, and then they just decide, like, uh, book him versus whoever in, like, a two-minute match. <laughs> <laughs> I would have felt... Uh, let me be the one for fantasy booking, but if... Uh, if what had happened to Keith Lee, and thank goodness he made a full recovery, hadn't yeah. happened to Keith Lee at the beginning of the year, do you think he would be US champion? It, it sounds... This is going to sound so obtuse of me to say, 
I genuinely don't even know if that would be the case. Hmm. Mm. Do you think he would have he would breathe new life to it to, if he became champion? If they, I mean, again, I think part of it, if they brought him into the main roster, letting him be Keith Lee, yeah, then potentially. I mean, obviously, we now have the added context of um, the situation that was going around with him as well. Yes. But um, thank goodness he made a recovery from that as well. Yeah. And I hope he makes it like a, like a full recovery and gets back to fighting, uh, fighting fit form. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I always kind of saw it as a thing where they were just committed to Lashley. Yeah. But basically their thing was like, well, um, I guess we just have to keep it on Lashley for as long as possible until we pick someone else. Indeed. indeed. I, it was a very weird... Uh, it felt like very haphazard the way it changed hands at Elimination oh, Chamber. Yeah. As mm. well. And then, of course, that set up wrestlemania night two uh this year with sheamus winning the title um yeah. currently at the moment is i think uh, as of the uh current kind of it, it, it like of the last year he, mm -hmm. he's edging ever closer to lashley's reign in terms of number of days with the title yeah um so i mean the thing is is that i look at i mean i look at raw right now and like, I do look at it and go, well, who who is gonna put energy into this title? But also, like, is anyone in management gonna put effort into the title? Yeah. Um, this, is, this is a really depressing one to end on because we always like talk highly yeah. of the title. Well, no, because like again, it, it's like it's not that it's a bad title. It's hmm. not like it's like a title, a title that's been devalued over years. Um, it is a, it is an important kind of. You know, I think, I mean, A, I think part of it is they should take it back to being kind of towards that kind of that, you know, the stepping stone title. Yes. So it's a good place to reset with. Um, I think part of it as well is that they're just getting stuck in, you know, it's like it's like they forget who is on their roster. <laughs> right, should we should we talk about some of our favorite matches? Let's end on a happy note. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. OK, I'll start. I'll start off. AJ Styles versus Ricochet. That was a great match. I enjoyed oh that. yeah, that match is uh, that match is amazing. Um, if you just want to see Ricochet and AJ just doing a bunch of ridiculous stuff, then go watch it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that one for sure. Um, oh, again, it seemed for, for a US title match uh, for the two people. It's, it's, it's a dream match, isn't it? When you think about it. Yeah. Um. I like the I'll be honest. I did quite like the rivalry between Rusev and Lashley for the US title. Um, yeah, and they did put on a, uh, a number of good matches as well. So there you go. <laughs> so you had Rusev and Nakamura back in like 2018, was it? Yeah. That was I like. All right. I'll be honest. I did. I did because he had he had something to do as well. And that's kind of why I was like, I'll get behind Nakamura. Yeah, a I know. Bit. <laughs> For a little bit. It wasn't perfect. But at least um, he had something to do, goddammit. Speaking of perfect, though, let's talk about Andrade versus Rey Mysterio back in, like, the end of 2019, start of 2020. Oh, the, the, when they finally let loose and allowed them to do Canadian sh Destroyers. Dude, Rey Mysterio was coming hot off, like... A couple a couple years in like Mexico and just went it was like you know what I'm just gonna go crazy with it. 
And what better way to do it with, with someone like Dude, Andrade? The, some of those matches go great, though, because they're only like 15 minutes, but then just you get like five spots of someone going through a ladder or something. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. They're very densely packed matches, but they're, they're absolutely amazing. <laughs> Just perfect, a perfect encapsulation of Lucha Libre, isn't it, really? Pretty much. WWE. <laughs> it's about as accurate as you're going to get. Oh, and it just makes me go, man, I think it's unlikely we're going to ever see Mysterio versus Andrade ever again now, isn't it? Yeah. Probably. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, uh, but... um. It's an interesting one, isn't it? When when we sit down and think about it, it's had such a tumultuous time as a title, but there have been glimmers of really good things. Mm-hmm. Um, and very good reigns that I think have elevated the careers of a lot of a lot of um, wrestlers. I mean, MVP stands out to me in terms of a guy that really yeah. elevated his career holding that title. Um, but yeah. Like, how do I end this one? We end. How do we? How can we end this on a good note? <laughs> Talking about um, matches, of course. You, but... Yeah, you know, to end it on a good note. No matter what, I think the US title is one that always has potential. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the fun. It's one of those funny ones where you know like the, with the intercontinental title it's one of those ones where they, you have to get the intercontinental title right otherwise it breaks so many things like down the road <laughs> yeah it's, exactly. it's kind of insane like the intercontinental title, like as we discussed the intercontinental title is so so like important but the u.s title it always has that it has that kind of interesting flexibility yes that always makes it fun however with that being said i think um were it up to me it would be like that one would be just a straight like the u.s title is an open challenge title like so kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like like slightly in the like kind of like being a slightly more prestige um it's a showcase title yeah like this is say show- it's their equivalent to the tv title yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I would agree with you on that one. It's been it's it's given us some real good sleeper TV uh, matches. Yeah, it's it really a sleeper has. title. It's a sleeper title, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. We end it on a good note with the US title. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that concludes our episode all about the United States Championship. As I said. I didn't want to talk about the history of like the NWA slash WCW one because that one is like a whole different like lineage yeah. and legacy that that has, and I will definitely will definitely be going and talking about that because the WCW US Championship, oh, that has some good matches and good holders of that title. <laughs> but yeah, um, blooming good episode as ever, chaps. <laughs> so oh, fascinating fascinating stuff so our next episode now i would say we always we always have a good we i mean we always have a good schedule and we know what we're going to be doing on our next episodes but this one's going to be a little up in the air because we don't necessarily know what we're going to be doing but we know who we're going to be joined by <laughs> aren't we dad yeah we're going to be joined by a good friend of dan's 
And, uh, well, viral sensation. <laughs> you, uh, our friend Brendan, but you may know him the world over as Black John Cena. <laughs> This one's going to oh be an interesting goodness. one, isn't it? It is. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> I feel like half of it's going to be talking about the the viral success of Black John Cena. The nature Cena. of the nature of viral popularity. <laughs> exactly. But it will most likely either be a profile slash re- yeah. slash retrospective. Um, but we'll wait. We'll we'll announce it in uh, on Twitter when we at Sweet yeah. Shinwag what that episode will be. So look, look, keep your eyes and ears open for that. Also, keep your eyes and ears open as well for jo- the John Moxley a sick guy video because that should be coming out within the yep. next week as well. So look forward to that. As I said, great episode. I've already had a look at it. Going to enjoy the heck out of it. But yep. yeah. Um. Until next time, I have been Sam. This has been Dan and Reardon. And as ever, you've been listening to the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, everybody. US champion's hip on the line. Bobby Lashley's hip is on the line. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Guys, guys, America. (laughs) Yeah.